Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good morning, everybody. Pensacola Business Radio. Keith Hilford here. And uh, the Net Effect is sponsoring this episode. So I have the owner-creator herself, Glenda Snodgrass, across the table from me. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, a little bit of car trouble, but you made it. Yes, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you have a lot going on. I do. We get a lot going on. <laughs> Start at the top. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the talk you're giving up this, uh, this, this coming up, uh, Friday. Yeah. Next Friday, February 3rd. It's my second half day cybersecurity workshop. We did the first one in November. I can't believe you can get it all in in a half day. Oh, I can't. Are you kidding? That's why I have to do one every three months. Even at that, it's like 12 o'clock and everybody's yawning and their stomachs uh-huh. are growling. And I'm like, okay, come back next time. I'll have more. <laughs> All right. So what, what sparked these? Well, I've been doing corporate training for several years now yeah. in, in small and medium-sized businesses. And, you know, I've had a number of really small businesses, three or five people who say, gosh, you know, either we can't afford to have you come mm-hmm. in just for us or we can't afford for everybody to take off work at the same time, close the store for two hours right. for you to talk to us. So several small businesses asked me if I would do some kind of workshop where they could send one or two people. So after enough people asked me about it, I decided to do one as a trial run last yeah. uh, November. And it went great. We had really good response and the people who came seemed to to be really excited about it and learned a lot and so i went ahead and scheduled another one and once again we've had a really good response with people signing up so yeah very cool so uh, okay so you can't obviously fit it all in four hours but what are some of the highlights that that people can learn from being there well, the introductory one was just that. It was an introductory. It was a whole lot of why are we here yeah. and what are the basic sort of security threats that you don't even realize, you know, you're looking at right now. Yeah. And I talked a lot about things at home, smart TVs and mobile devices. And, and <laughs> That yeah, just sounds creepy. Right. Yeah. Um, how to secure your mobile devices yeah. and social media and passwords, just some really basic stuff. Mm-hmm. So this time I'm getting into it a little bit more in depth, uh, having a lot of focus on ransomware. I, I know you know what ransomware yes. is, right? That nasty you can stuff. Just hijack that, all your stuff, right? Exactly. Encrypts your files and puts up a ransom demand. Mm-hmm. And, and ransomware has become such a huge problem. The number of ransomware cases tripled in 2016. Wow. Yeah. I saw some uh, some figures in December of 2015. Ransomware was 17% of all malware infections. Wow. By May, it was 61%. From 17 That's to 61 in, in five months. Why? And it's actually gotten worse since then. Because people are paying? Because well, you want your information, right? Well, there are actually a number of reasons for it. One kind of funny but sad one is I saw an article that said that because the um, health care records mm-hmm. are now so prolific on the dark web, the price of health care data has gone way down because there have been so many health care breaches right. that there's now more money in ransomware than there is in selling health care records, oh, which okay. was the hot thing a year ago. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't that make you feel good? Yeah, right. So that's that's a big part of it. You know, a, a big part of what you have to remember is that we're you know we're talking about cyber crime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A year and a half ago, cyber crime surpassed the drug trade in worldwide profitability. Wow. Talk about uh, market trends, huh? Yeah, I mean that's crazy. My whole life, you know, drug trade. That's been yeah. where all the money is. Yeah. That's where it's at. No, cybercrime is now more profitable. Mm-hmm. So criminal gangs worldwide have gotten into cybercrime. So Crazy. once you've got, 
you know, serious money and mm-hmm. serious backing, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're investing in software development, you mm-hmm. know, software as a service is a big thing in ransomware. Now you don't actually have to have any technical skills. You can sign up on a commission basis to just send out a bunch of spam emails with mm-hmm. links to ransomware and you just get a percentage of the take. That's crazy. I mean, they're, they're actually a, I don't know, a dozen different business models in the ransomware industry mm-hmm. now. Which by the way are still legal. <laughs> you got to get caught. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It is all yeah. illegal, but there's been some, I mean, really crazy stuff. The last couple of months, there was a new one that came out that actually the ransom demand said that if you helped them infect two people that you knew, then you did, you would get your files back for free. Wow. Yeah. That's a little Referral scary. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So, I mean, just some absolutely crazy wow. stuff happening with ransomware. So that's going to be one of the big topics in my cybersecurity mm-hmm. workshop next week is how to recognize it, how to detect it, how to prevent it, how to respond if it happens. Yeah. So we've worked with so many clients in the last two years that have had ransomware infections. I have a lot of actual concrete examples of what led up to it, right. what how they actually got it. And how to respond. So I have a really good step-by-step program that I'll be taking people through yeah. on that. So ransomware is going to be a big part of what we're talking about. Very cool. So, I mean, yeah. not cool that they're doing it, but good that, that we're at least starting to find some patterns and some ways to prevent it. That's it. There are a lot of patterns. And prevention is the key to ransomware. I mean, above all, that's what you want to do is not get it. Yeah, right. You know, because, yeah. I mean, if you do get it, there are, you know, some mitigation, mm-hmm. you know, steps that can be taken, some, you know, but not always. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when ransomware first came out, you could pay the ransom and get a key and get your files back. I mean, it was, and there was a whole lot of talk about, you know, the crooks can't stay in business if they're not honest and they care about their mm-hmm. reputations and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, that was when it was just real crooks. But now that it's anybody getting yeah. into the game, yeah. you know, sometimes they'll give you some of your files back and then they want more ransom to give you more. There right. was a big hospital, I think, in Kentucky that had that happen. They paid a huge ransom and they only got like one quarter of their files back. And then they said, okay, if you want the rest of them, we want... Another, yeah. you know, yeah. 15, 20,000 dollars. Right. right. And then sometimes if you pay, you, they, they give you a decryption key, only mm-hmm. it doesn't work because there's a bug in the software mm-hmm. and that's irrecoverable. <laughs> so, you know, really your, your best defense. So they're not even honest thieves. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, or they're just incompetent. Yeah. I mean, they might be honest, but they're incompetent. You <laughs> yeah, know, they right. gave you the key. They didn't know it wasn't going to work. Right. Cause their software was wow. bad. So you can't really depend on being able to fix it or yeah. even to pay the ransom. Yeah. Above all, you need to have good backups so that you can just wipe out and restore. That's crazy. So um, obviously, which is has always been the subject of uh, of cybersecurity talks, which is the cloud and all of that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But it's going more and more that you need to have everything that you own backed up somewhere, encrypted, preferably. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I tell people. If you store all of your local, all of your data locally, then you want to have an offsite backup somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if you store all your data offsite, you want to have a local backup. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You need to have. Oh, them I know. Both we places. got stacks of hard drives next door. <laughs> right. And, and a lot of people just don't think of that. They say, oh, well, my, you know, my cloud service, my, my hosted software mm-hmm. provider is they're backing up the data. They've got triple backups, blah, blah, blah. Well, but what happens if they get in, they get ransomware? Right. You know, which I mean, a lot of third party vendors have caused yeah. data breaches. They can have ransomware incidents as well. And, uh, you know, I mean, things happen. You yeah. know, if you are not taking control of your own data, then, you know, you don't have any control to restore it if something happens to it out of your control. Exactly. So, um, now that I'm scared and terrified completely, 
<laughs> like, so where next? Are, are you doing different subjects every time you do a talk or are I you kind of regrouping on some of the old stuff to move forward? Well, there's a little bit of both because there's always some foundation. Right. You know, I, I can't. I can't teach you until yeah. you know what you don't know, until I get you up to basic yeah, level. Yeah, you can't watch Star Wars 6 till you watch Star Wars 4, right? Right. I yeah, mean, I you can, you. but you just won't get it, <laughs> right? So that's why another part of this workshop is also social engineering defense. Because how do you not get ransomware? Well, you don't fall prey right. to the social engineering attacks. Yeah. So a big part of this workshop is going to be on all of the different types of social engineering, the different ways, you know, from email attachments to fake news stories to fake videos to malvertising and Mm-hmm. All kinds of things that all of the different ways that they try to attack us through social engineering. So that's a big topic. And that's something that I will hit on in every workshop at some level because it's always part of the conversation. Right. There's almost nothing related to social to cybersecurity that does not in some way involve some sort sure. of social engineering. Sure. I mean, it just, you know, it has to. It has that's to. That's where it starts, really. Exactly. Because the bad guys have learned that it's way, way easier to trick us into installing the malware or the backdoor right. or the rootkit than it is to try and break in through the perimeter defenses. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's a lot easier. Yeah. They figured that out. So we've got to up our game when it comes to defense. Sure. Yeah. You don't, nobody's knocking on the front door anymore. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. All right. So, um, okay. Friday, February 3rd, Mobile Area Chamber of Commerce. That's right. Okay. So how many people can you fit over there? It depends on how we set up the room, but we okay. can go to about 45. Okay, cool. Yeah. There's still spots so, left? Oh, yes. There are still spots left. Okay. Absolutely. And, and you so, do not have to be a Chamber of Commerce member to attend. There you go. That's yes. exactly where I said it, next. <laughs> I, I, I use their meeting space because it's a great meeting right. space. It's right it's downtown. Central, yeah. It's got parking. It's on Highway 90. <laughs> it you has know, parking. It's got parking. <laughs> Did I say it has parking? Yeah. yeah. So it's a great place to meet, and they're, yeah. they're very hospitable there. So All right. So if anybody's interested, where do we send them to so that they can sign up? On our website, you can go to workshops.thenetaffect.com. Okay. And then I'm reading the fine print down here, and it says there's CLE credit. That is correct. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. You are quite knowledgeable to have been accredited by the credited people. <laughs> well, you know, I, I teach, um, I do a lot of teaching and training <clears throat> yeah. at conferences and seminars, and the bar associations have hosted me numerous times mm-hmm. over the years. So, yes, the seminar is accredited for continuing legal education credits for attorneys with Alabama and Mississippi bar associations and the Florida bar has reciprocity. Right. So if any Florida members come, they can turn in their materials and they can get Florida bar credit since it's already credited from Alabama and Mississippi. Okay. So that leads us right into the next step. So let's talk about the Florida bar because there's been some changes there. There have been. It's doing some really interesting things. Yeah. So for those that don't live in the legal world or the, (laughs) or the technical world on your level, let's, let's inform them. Okay. So the Bar Association, the American Bar, the national and the state bars for forever, I guess, have had a requirement for continuing legal education. There are a number of rules that are called the, the model rules that the ABA <laughs> holds that lawyers have to meet these rules in order to continue to stay certified. Mm-hmm. And one of the rules is competence. An attorney must be competent to provide legal services I to would the hope client. So. <laughs> right. Model, must be. It's yeah. model rule one point one. Right. Well in two thousand eight, the ABA Commission on Ethics expanded the meaning of the competence in the model rule to include understanding the benefits and the risks associated with technology. Okay. Okay. So now, that's a lot. That's a lot. So that was in two thousand eight. Okay. And I like, I like to use this actually in a lot of my training sessions, even if there are no lawyers in the room, Mm -hmm. because I love that phraseology, understand the benefits and the risks associated with technology. Because let's face it. 
there are plenty of people out there telling you all the benefits of the technology, sure. right? All the marketing and salespeople in the world are going to tell you how this is going to improve this and speed up that and reduce this. And it's going to change your life. Right. It's going to increase your profitability, whatever. Who tells you about the risks associated with technology? Mm, you telling me cybersecurity. <laughs> I, was, I was just about to say, it's me. It's nobody but me. I'm the only one. So I think it's really important that the national ABA in 2008 put in benefits and risks associated with technology as part of the competence required yeah. for the legal profession. Well, the Florida State Bar last year changed their CLE rulings so that part of the CLE, continuing education credits that attorneys in Florida have to have every year. They've, for many years, ethics has been one of the required. You right. have to have, I don't know, 33 credits over a two year period. And of them, so many have to be ethics. Mm -hmm. And for, for a long time, ethics was mainly sub, substance abuse and mm -hmm. how to maintain your, um, your checking account sure. so you didn't use your client's funds sure. by mistake. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I think, have you had experience in this realm? <laughs> well, I, I worked for a lot of law firms when I was in college and graduate school. You. Yeah, So I do have experience with that. Um, <clears throat> so the Florida Bar actually this year, this past year, and it's effective January 1, in addition to some of your CLEs being mm -hmm. ethics, some of your CLEs have to be technology credits. Yeah, so you now five. have to, yeah, five, five. Five. Yeah, there you go. So you now have to understand the benefits and the risks of the yeah. technology that you are using in your law firm and how that impacts your clients and how you need to understand that in order to protect your client's personal information yeah. or business information. That's a lot. Well, you know, in 2009, the FBI warned that law firms all across the U.S. were being targeted by the Chinese. Mm, because, that makes sense. Because law firms have a ton of confidential information. Sure. You know, if they're, if they're, if they do family law, for example, they or have all business. Those, well, if they do family law, they have personal information, right? Sure. Dates of birth, social security numbers, children, spouses, mm -hmm. divorce, all that sort of thing. If they do business law, yeah. then they have confidential contracts, patents. pricing schedules, patents, and yeah. all kinds of intellectual property. So law firms have a lot of confidential information and they were not doing enough to protect it in the past. And the bar associations have realized that they need to put a little more pressure on the individual yeah. attorneys and the law firms to step up and do that. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, honestly, it probably needs to be locked down like a Google or a Microsoft, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. to the extent, I mean, yeah. you're, you're giving away, we're giving away America's secrets right. at this well, point. <laughs> well, remember the Panama Papers <laughs> yeah. that came yeah. out? There was that law firm that mm -hmm. they had their email server hacked and yep. oh my goodness, the yep. things that All we learned. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in, okay. So let's talk about this because, uh, you know, we talk, we talk about all the cybercrime and the fear and, and all that stuff. And, but it's not hard to do this stuff. It's not hard to secure no, your, it's really not your, your hard drives or your information or your client's information. Right. I That's mean, right. It's, and it's not necessarily godly amounts of money. No. No, there are a lot of things that you can do that are free or cheap. Yeah. You know, and that's like just what don't even use the internet. <laughs> well, be wise. Yeah, you right. Use the internet. Um, for example, 93% of all threats to the Microsoft operating systems mm -hmm. are mitigated if the user working on the computer is a standard user, not an administrative user. Okay. If you click on a bad link, Right. And it tries to install malware to your computer. Right. If you're a standard user, not administrative, you can't install the malware. Right. It can't happen. So it's not even a, so you should do that just for your own computer. Absolutely. You don't have to be the administrator on your own computer. And I recommend that for people at home. Yeah. You know, 
you should have a standard user account for everybody in the family. And then you should have one administrative user that's a separate account. Right. And mom or dad logs in once a week as administrator and runs the Windows updates and mm-hmm. everything else. But during the week, everybody works as a standard user only. That's it. I mean, that's a huge increase in your level of security. Yeah. And it doesn't cost a penny. Right. It just costs a few minutes of effort. Yeah. And I, can't you even do, you can even install some of the stuff. As a standard user, like it literally prompts you, right? And you can say run as administrator. Right. And then you say, mom, come yeah. type in the password. Yeah. I need to install this for my homework, yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you've kind of got, yeah. So there you yeah. go. Then you got mom security and which to me is like, <laughs> that's top notch. Mom right security is top notch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you can do that in the business office too. Now, not always. Occasionally there are some niche market software applications mm-hmm. that require administrative access to run even, sure. but most of them don't. You right. don't, you know, it, I mean, it depends on what your employees are actually doing. But there are a lot of people in the office or in, you know, on the shop floor or wherever that can run as standard users. Right. And that would be just a huge level of protection that literally doesn't cost a penny. Hmm. Okay. So what else is easy for us to do? What else is easy for you? I mean, aside from find a way to back up your, like you said, if if you're in the cloud, back it up at home. If you're at home, back it up in the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the easiest thing to do is not to do. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Not to do what? Not to do. Not to do. So what I I like to focus on a lot is building awareness. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I talk sometimes about what I call the urban jungle. I say, you know, the World Wide Web, the clues in the name, (laughs) right? It's the World Wide Web. Mm -hmm. When you travel, when you're in a strange city or especially a strange country, don't you change your level of personal awareness? Sure. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. you stand up tra- straight and tall and you look people in the eye mm-hmm. and you hold your bags a little closer. You're situational. I, I do. I like situational when I, awareness. Yeah. When I, when I, exactly. anywhere other than home, it's like, it's like Spidey senses up. Exactly. Situational awareness. And that's <clears> what I tell people. Take that with you to the World Wide Web. Yeah. Every time you open an email, every time you click on a link in your web browser, realize that you are leaving the protected environment Mm -hmm. of your home or office network and you are taking another bus or train or plane ride to another city, another state, another country. And you need to up your level of situational awareness because you're not at home anymore. Right. And if you just simply change the, the way you think, that level of awareness, if you pause literally one second every time before you click on something, right? Mm hmm. And start to think about what you're actually clicking on and paying attention to what you do. It will completely change the way you yeah. use the internet on a daily basis. So, and <clears throat> not to mention your phone, right? Because let's say most oh, yeah. people are at eight, what is it? 84% now. I think it was 81 last year. Now it's 84 are, are doing some form of business clicking, linking, whatever from your phone, not even Huge. from your computer. So, right. So the other means of transportation or the other platforms, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the texts, right? Yeah. Like a link in a text freaks me out. I, I, I would never click on a Even link. Even if I text. know who it's coming from, it freaks me out. I was going to say only if I was expecting <laughs> it. If I said, right. text me that link, because right. I, you know, that's the only time yeah. I would ever click on a link in, in a text. Yeah. yeah. So, um, which just brings you, like you said, to a, a whole new level of, of the Awareness. take a one second, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but even more so is, you know, you just be, I, I don't even know why, but we, we become so, um, oh, it's the internet or, oh, it's Facebook or, oh, it's on my phone. It's, it's stuff so that common. I'm on every day. It's like, right. I don't even like, I'm not even prepped for it. I'm not, I, I have no defenses up to begin with. Right. And like that's a problem. It doesn't scare me. Oh, Facebook's great. We get to see all our friends, but. 
Yeah. You don't realize the threat that could really come through there. Exactly. Right? That, that's a big problem. Yeah. So uh, now does some of this stuff, as you were saying, as we change some of these behaviors and, and you start becoming more aware and more alert and, and so you're thwarting some of these. Is there some rhythms to that stuff? Like if you have been shown, whether as a business or as a, uh, just average consumer to be less gullible, right? Or mm-hmm. less likable to be hacked or phishing or whatever. Do those, does it steer you away? Like, does the pattern of being smart about it build a really good defense in the long oh, run? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah, like because, the cyber guy's like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with these 10 right. people because they're obviously not clicking my links. Well, it's not that so much. I mean, most social engineering attacks are not targeted mm-hmm. in any way. I mean, they're just mass attacks. Right. So it's not like they're going to start leaving you alone. Okay. But yeah, like, are they doing the analytics on the other no, side? No, for the most right. part, they're not because <laughs> right. it's way cheaper to just, you know, fishing, Blast it, right. right? With a pH, but mm-hmm. it's fishing. You throw out that net, then you scoop it up and see what you caught. Sure. And whatever you is in the net looks interesting. That's what you go with. Yeah. Right. But if you don't get caught in the net in the first place, then you're totally off the radar screen. Right. So I would say that developing good awareness, um, it doesn't get you off of their radar screen necessarily, but it reduces the chances of your falling for one of those tricks accidentally sure. because you develop good habits, right? Most people don't really think of the fact that good habits and bad habits are both things that you right. develop. Sure. And you can train good habits to replace bad habits. So good habits like being aware Stopping one second every time before mm-hmm. you click on that link to see, you know, where you're going, what you're doing. Is it a legitimate news site or is it some site you never heard of? Right. Um, malvertising is a problem, right? The crooks infect those third party ad servers that serve up all those advertisements on the websites mm-hmm. that we look at. So mm-hmm. sometimes when you click on a link, you can install malware on your computer and not even know it. And an advertisement. Exactly. So here's the deal. Don't click on every advertisement that looks interesting. Stop and think about whether you have a real reason for this. Sure. Right. If you are never going to buy that thing, don't click on the link. Right. Don't don't go. Or look even at that. better, just search it in a different window. Exactly. Yeah. You can go look it up some other way. You know. And I don't care how cute that dress is. If you don't have the money in your budget for a new dress this week, you're not going to buy it. Don't click on that link just to get the coupon that you're not going to use anyway because you don't have that money in the budget this Such week. A good idea. You know, it's just a matter of. Stopping and thinking, paying attention. <laughs> that, you know, was which again was uh-huh. one of the things your parents always told yeah, you. That's right? what I was thinking. Just because you can, don't mean you should. Yeah, right. How many times did my mama tell me that? <laughs> yeah, my favorite was, uh, you know, Johnny jumped off the bridge. Would you do it too? And I, my always, I'm being a smart out growing up. I always told mom, not again. <laughs> To which usually got me some form of chores or something, right? <laughs> I can but well imagine that, Keith. The point, the point being, hey, I, I made that mistake once. I learned my lesson. <laughs> I'm not doing it again, kind of thing. So, um, okay. So, 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 so we have the, the seminar coming up. Obviously, we've got cybersecurity, which is never going away and probably everybody's going to have to get even more intense and into it, right? Absolutely. Right. But let's, and then we've got the bar. I'm glad to see that on the state level and on a national level, they're really starting to say, Hey, look, this is not just a way to get you scared anymore. This is right. because it affects all of us, right? That's so you it. Get with this, I mean, we're on a frame. We're on a, a network. We're yeah. less than one degree of separation when it comes to binary code, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. So everything one, is a link in a chain. And right. you're connected to everyone and everything else everywhere at this point. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, let's, this information doesn't have to necessarily be so privileged, but it needs to be gotten out there, right? Right. Which is where you and your expertise and all that can like, I you get to be a hard. soldier on the front line. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. So, which leads me into like the rest of the stuff. So, 
because you do a lot of let's like let's tell people who you are and what you do because you do a lot of talks. I do, I do. Uh, I talk, and a lot. I know you because you've been on IT a lot, right? I, <laughs> I mean, yes, I've, Wired, I've so. spoken at I ten Wired twice. Yeah. Like I said, I do a lot of bar associations, professional conferences of all kinds, mm-hmm. uh, certified fraud examiners and certified financial planners. And accountants and, I mean. Just rooms of fun people. Rooms of fun people, <laughs> right. But, you know, people who are serious about security, sure. that's where it started. Yeah. You know, I'm getting to do more and more different types. Uh, the Pensacola Sherm, mm-hmm. the HR managers have had me come to talk and the PMI, Project Management Institute group. So, I, I mean, there are very few that I haven't actually spoken at. Right. And, I, and I really enjoy this because for me, it's about education. I mean, it's about trying to get the word out, you know, so yeah. I talk as much as I can. <laughs> so um, what are you finding are your challenges with getting the words out and things like that? Because um, it, it doesn't all just come really easy, does it? No, it is, it is still a lot of it is still getting, especially small businesses, to take it seriously. Yeah. I hear. Say, oh, I'm a small business. I don't have anything that they exactly. want. Right? I'm not a big enough fish I'm in the pond to get attacked. I'm not big enough for them. Right. So here are my standard <laughs> replies to that. In the first place, now that there's more money mm-hmm. in crime, okay, small amounts of money add up. That's right. right. Small crimes it's add up It's never to your crimes. dollars. It's always your nickels and dimes. Right. So whenever some small business owner to me says, I'm just one small business, you know, why would they care about me? Or some person says, you mm-hmm. know, one computer in my house, why on earth? And I would say, well, do you have a car out there in the parking lot? Mm-hmm. Did you lock it when you came in? Mm-hmm. Why'd you bother? It's just one car. Mm-hmm. Who would bother breaking into one car, stealing one car? Did you lock your house when you left this morning? Mm-hmm. It's just one house. Who would right. bother breaking into one house? You've got to understand it's cyber crime. Right. Okay. It's cyber crime. Yeah. You don't have to understand it for it to be real. Right. right. Yeah. Small crimes add up to big dollars. <clears throat> so, you know, that's number one. Number two is we've really changed the stakes completely in the right. last five years. You know, 15 years ago, if someone wanted to attack you on the internet or sure. hijack you, whatever hack you they had to know that you existed first right, of all right and then they had to know where on the internet you were right and then they had to go do some reconnaissance and try to break in right well that was when we had internet just on office computers mm-hmm. behind a firewall mm-hmm. well now that we've got internet on everything yeah, yeah. okay we say the perimeter is dead long live the perimeter right, right? there 15 20 years ago it was perimeter defense we put mm-hmm. up the firewall we had our pcs behind this firewall we were protected but then we started bringing laptops in, right. taking them to the office and then taking them to home and then taking sure. them to hotels and then back to the office. Well, now we're jumping that perimeter defense, right? right? Then mobile devices. Mm-hmm. And now our smart TVs and our smart refrigerators and our smart mm-hmm. thermostats and Amazon Echo and mm-hmm. Google Home and mm-hmm. all of these other ways that we're bringing the internet into everything and everywhere. It's no longer a matter of perimeter defense, right? It's, you know, it, it's a completely global environment. So, they don't have to know we exist and they don't have to come looking for us anymore because right. we've given the cyber criminals so many ways to fish, right? To just throw that net far and wide. It is so cheap and easy to send out millions of spam emails sure. or to malvertise, right? To hack into those servers and serve up advertisements or frankly, even to pay for advertisements. Yeah. There have been numerous instances where cyber criminals have paid for Google AdWords. Sure. So that sure. they were the top hit when you searched for something sure. and you're putting in malware. So we really have to change our perspective about, you know, I, I don't care how small you are or how significant you are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you don't actually have any data, or even if you don't have any data on your network that's really in any way interesting, sure. it doesn't mean that you're 
network or your home computer can't be used to attack a bigger target. Right. You just become a tool. Right. Right. So there are so many different ways that you can be useful. There are so many different ways for them to not even to come after you, but to scoop you up once they see you. Right. And just bounce things off of even off of your IP address. So right. one less guy to, to get next to me. Right. So, okay. Again, scary, right? Right. Like, like freaky, but defendable. Like we can mm-hmm. do this. You can do this. You can do this. For example, the uh, Mirai botnet. Have you read anything about that? No. Those big DDoS attacks that happened last oh, fall? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Right? Okay. Yeah. DDoS, distributed denial of service attack. Mm-hmm. Basically, a DDoS attack is when cyber criminals, they, they form a botnet. A, a bot is a robot, sure. right? It's a computer device that's been taken over and is acting on the command of, you right. know, some Somebody some else. guy <laughs> or some girl yeah. somewhere. Let's um, not discriminate. That's right. So that's a bot. Mm-hmm. When you have a bunch of these in a network, it's called a botnet. Mm-hmm. So there was a there's a large botnet called the Mirai botnet that was used in three that we know of huge right. cyber DDoS attacks last fall. The first one was on Brian Krebs website. Brian Krebs is a security researcher journalist mm-hmm. who reports on these things. And he had written a story about someone who was developing this huge botnet. And the next day, his website was the victim of the largest DDoS attack ever seen at that time. I think oh, it was 400 qubits per second. <laughs> right. Well, uh, the largest to date. A mm-hmm. week later, a French hosting company, OVH, was hit with, with one about 30% bigger than the one that hit Brian Krebs. Wow. And then two weeks later, Dyne, a, a DNS service provider in the U.S. was hit with the biggest one ever, terabyte per second. I mean, wow. something that was, it was just, I mean, off the charts, phenomenal. And that was on October 21st. Remember that Friday morning yes. that there were internet outages all over the place? Uh, there was a bunch here. There was a bunch here, mm-hmm. right? There was a bunch on the, all along the East Coast and a bunch on the West Coast because of the, just the tremendous amount of this junk traffic, the DDoS mm-hmm. that was being thrown. Okay. So it turns out that this Mirai botnet, is almost exclusively webcams, DVRs, and security camera systems, and wireless routers Mm -hmm. that have default passwords that the owners never changed or that have firmware updates that were never applied. And so the software, we know this because the software code was released to the public a couple of weeks after the Dyn attack. Mm -hmm. It was released. So this software... It goes out, it scans the internet constantly. Every Mm -hmm. time a new device pops up, it looks to see what it is. And if it's on this list of devices that they know they've got hard-coded default passwords in, it tries the default username and password. And if it gets in, then it implants software that turns your home security system, your baby webcam Mm -hmm. monitor system into a little soldier on this botnet. So your home security system could have been used in that attack on October 21st, and you you wouldn't even even know know the difference. But those things are so simple to prevent, right? Good Change habits your bad habits. Exactly. <laughs> the first thing you do when you buy a new device, mm-hmm. you take it out of the box. You look up the default password. Yeah. It's usually on a sticker on the bottom. Right. Or it's on a little insert. Or it, at the very least, it's on the manufacturer's website. Sure. And you log in with the default password and you change it. Yeah. Right then. Just that simple act of changing the default password takes you right out of a lot of yeah. these problems. Yeah. It takes you right out of the Murray 
the Mariah Botnet. That's, that's very sure. cool. Yeah. Okay. So that's so what, even if you're on it now, can you go and change your password now? You can change it. Well, but you're going to have to get rid of the software, the malware that's on okay. there now. So you need to investigate the the actual model that you've got. Mm-hmm. Some of the models have had a firmware upgrade that is sure. released that you can upgrade the firmware and you can get it get cleared out. It. Yeah. Right. Some of the older models, they're not, but they're actually replacing them with newer models if you contact them. Oh, okay. So, you know, that's just a very simple thing that consumers can do, but they don't know that they're supposed to do it. Right. And that's why they're not doing it. That's why I'm here. Right. <laughs> that's, you know, that's why I try sure. so hard to get the word out because we've really got to stand up and take control of our own security. I yeah. mean, if we don't, you know, I mean, it's, it's Skynet time, right? Right. right exactly. Botnet yeah. reminded a lot of people of, oh, it's yeah. the beginnings of Skynet, but you know, we're putting all of these devices. I read somewhere that the average home in the United States now has 6.1 mobile devices. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And like four TVs. Yeah. At least, at least two computers, at least two computers. And every, I mean, all of my neighbors are putting in these, you know, web monitored security camera systems and all mm-hmm. this. And I'm constantly on Facebook going, have you changed the password? Have you ever read the firmware? Do you know what you're doing? You know, and, yeah. and next door, you know, mm-hmm. and next door, I'm like, have you, you know, cause it drives me crazy. Sure. All of my friends and neighbors are putting th- these things in and they have no idea that they need to be securing them or even how to do it. But like right. I said, it's not hard and it doesn't cost anything. You, mm-hmm. You've paid for the device. Now spend <laughs> a few minutes to secure it. Yeah. But it's just a matter of getting the word out there. People don't know. So, um, again, <clears throat> all preventable, all mm-hmm. just a little bit of knowledge, right? And yep. taking that step to save, just and a little bit of effort. Yourself. A little bit of effort. Little, uh, and a little bit of effort. I mean, we're bit talking of a effort. password here. Yeah, we're not talking a lot of effort. We're not yeah. talking about taking a night school class to learn how to program right. your C-C++ VCR. Plus plus and yeah, all that other stuff. So. Right, right. Yeah. Um, okay, so what does NetEffect do? Because as much as you're speaking and educating, uh, you. You do a lot of other stuff. We do. Yes. We have to work for a living. We, I can't just talk for free all the time as much as I'd like to. Right. Right. So the net effect was founded in September of 1996. So we celebrated our 20th anniversary this past September. I graduated high school in 96. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> so thank you for that, Keith. Well, you know. A little perspective, there, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so you can understand why we think of ourselves as the grandfathers yeah, of yeah. IT on the Gulf Coast. Which, I mean, and let's talk about that real quick. I mean, 96 to me was AOL. Mm-hmm. MySpace hadn't even come out yet. I don't no, think. No, yeah. no, We were still like Netscape and stuff and like dial up modems oh, and all yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Dial up so. modems. WinSock yeah, was our TCPIP yeah. connector. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't even Netscape. It was. Yeah. Whatever was before that. Somebody asked me this the other day and I could not remember oh, what it was. I mean, I can see that it was the navigate, the wheel icon. I don't even remember what yeah, it was. I, but yeah, it was yeah. before it okay. was Netscape. It was something else. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those were the days. I mean, I had to say this, but I can remember the first time I got on the internet, mm-hmm. it was through Adelphi, you know, and it was a command line connection. And, you know, I got on there and there was blank screen. I'm like, uh-huh. cool, I'm on the yeah, internet. What do what I do, I do now? now? <laughs> Very cool. Right. So, yeah, I've been around for a long time. So, Actually, when we started the NetEffect in 1996, mm-hmm. we started, we emphasized security from the very beginning. Sure. In fact, what we focused on then, we, um, we custom built firewalls for businesses on PC hardware because the only commercially available firewalls at that time were hugely expensive. Yeah. They were for large companies. There was nothing available for small businesses. Right. So, and, and we knew from the beginning that we needed to start securing as soon as we were putting internet sure. access in the networks. We saw what was wrong right off the bat. So using open source software, we built custom firewalls. So over time, 
products became available. We yeah. were able to get out of the hands-on part of actual networking and just focus on the consulting and advising, which is what we do. You know, we, we're there to help your IT staff or your IT vendor. Yeah. Right. We yeah. provide outside expertise and a higher level of expertise. So security has been our focus from the beginning. We work with companies to develop their written security policies, to develop their employee training programs. Mm-hmm. I do employee training. We do network security assessments. We do on-site assessments, deliver reports, develop mitigation plans, work with your people to implement yeah. steps in the plan, yeah. and then come back and do annual reviews, which, you know, an annual security assessment is something that's required by a lot of security standards, sure. HIPAA, for example, um, PCI, yeah. if you accept credit cards. Although waiting a whole year may be, I mean, that's a long time. Well, it's as supposed to be at least annually. And after every significant change. Yeah. So you get a new, you get a new server, you get a new firewall. You get a new employee. A new employee. (laughs) A new CFO. Yeah. Right. So any significant change to the network or at least annually. Mm -hmm. So we spend a lot of our time doing that, working with small and medium sized businesses. And again, like I said, just especially trying to get some of the small businesses to take it seriously. You know, they've really got to take it seriously. Yeah, sure. So that's, that's a large part of what I do. And like I said, I do a lot of, a lot of training and, and working with employees and that sort of thing. We also do project management. So like I said, we're that outside level of expertise mm-hmm. assistance. My background is in databases. I was a database program administrator mm-hmm. for many years, and I have a strong business background. So we work with a lot of companies who have a large IT project, and they need some outside help right. for 6, 12, 18 months. A, a new accounting software conversion, adding a new CRM, ERP, um, merger and acquisition between a couple mm-hmm. of different businesses, opening a new new office, a new sure. branch office. Um, integrating the warehouse with the main accounting, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. All those things that we're all now wired in directly, exactly. right? It's building not just a, a brick and mortar anymore. That's it. And building a new building, that I've discovered has been a real problem because architects and engineers tend to think of... <laughs> Aren't worried about Cat5 cable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They think of computers as furniture. Sure. You know, and furniture is something that the, the client, yeah. you know, is going to put in there, the ultimate tenant of the building, but they don't realize that they have to build the electrical mm-hmm. and the Ethernet and the, mm-hmm. you know, the the cabling infrastructure to support all the yeah. computers that the clients are going to bring in. And several times in the last few years, we've worked on construction projects where, you know, I had to sit down with the electrical engineer and say, look, we need to triple the capacity here because, right. you know, where the architect had built in this, you know, really great, you know, work copy fax area thing with, you know, floor to ceiling cabinets and <laughs> no work tables in. and no all this line. stuff. <laughs> no, it actually had the plugins, but it was floor to ceiling cabinet and workspaces. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, where is the, copy fax machine going to mm-hmm. go. And she's like, well, it goes right there on that cabinet, you know, on that countertop. And I mm-hmm. said, have you seen their copy yeah. fax machine? Uh-huh. It's the size of your deep freezer. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're going to have to take out half of those cabinets because that's where the machine has right. to go. So, you know, we were that outside set of eyes yeah. and ears yeah. thinking. That's 30,000 foot view sometimes. Right. And, and lots of experience. We do not work with any particular vertical market. Mm-hmm. I mean, we started out talking about lawyers and it's true. I worked sure. in law firms when I was in college and graduate school. So I have, I know a lot of lawyers. That's why we work with a lot of lawyers, mm-hmm. but the principles of cybersecurity do not right. matter. What the security of in. things is everybody. It is everybody. It is everything. Yeah. Right. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. So, because uh, we're getting to the end of our time here, but so let's one more time, where can they find out information? Where can we send them to? Where can they tell you, Hey, we need help. And then you guys can call them. Okay. All that good stuff. 
Our website is www.thenetteffect.com. That's T-H-E-N-E-T-E-F-F-E-C-T. It's all E's. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. E's and T's. So yeah, thenetteffect.com. I'm on Twitter, uh, uh, Glenda underscore T-N-E. I'm on Google Plus. I'm on LinkedIn. You can mm-hmm. find me there. I post all the time. I'm pretty easy to find and pretty easy to contact. I'm always happy to talk to people, yeah. as you can, you can tell. You can Google you. You've got a yeah. pretty good Google page. Yeah, you can pages. Google me and find a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, our office phone number, we're in Mobile, 251-433-0196. But we have customers all over the world, of sure. course, consulting goes. But even when it comes to on-site stuff, we pretty much cover the Southeast. That's cool. not a problem. So Very cool. We love working with people who are interested in security and who want to learn more. Very cool. Well, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. Are you going back to the next I-10? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I, I saw they changed the date this year. It's uh, a little earlier. Yeah, we moved it a little bit. Yes. We're working on some things. Oh. We're also uh, um, we're tying in um, the I four and GovCon stuff as well, which oh. might also be some some cool happenings there. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I ten wired is always a blast yeah. and so much fun, so interesting, and the people I've met there have just been amazing. Cool. Yeah, it's been a really but really the, good experience. I'm, I'm uh, well. We'll be you know we're on the committee, so you know oh, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm over here like like oh, you know, promoting for sure. Well, but. you'll probably be. Getting me back over here to talk uh, about I'm it. I'm sure we will. Yeah. 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 So like that. I got to let Beth know too. So, um, very cool. Well, uh, guys, you can find us at P Cola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at P Cola BRX on Facebook, or you can find us at our website at PensacolaBusinessRadioX.com. Thank you again for coming in today. Thank you for having me. And this has been Pensacola Business Radio brought to you by the Net Effect, where business is good and your work matters. <laughs>